The Gucci Girl, Prada Professional, Coach Queen, or Target Trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, principal at Top Sale Strategies, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Ritan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings right here every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country. The 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending. The woman. Well, a little article by Sarah Giloni of Publishers Daily. She did an article on Refinery29 and Neon partnering to make films. Now, Refinery29 has been focused on the millennial market. And as you know, they do a lot of uh, CPG products. And you wouldn't think of a company like that wanting to do films, but that's exactly what they're doing. They've uh, kind of hooked their wagon to Neon, and Neon is the studio behind movies like I, Tanya and Three Identical Strangers, and they are going to be purchasing and co-distributing films, especially those starring women, and they're also going to support female filmmakers, which is fantastic. Uh, the chief content officer said that the reason for this is to expand Refinery29 storytelling and experiential offerings and make their mark on the feature film business, which is, again, pretty shocking for a company that isn't in the film business. So I think what we're seeing is a lot of diversification and retailers really wanting to find new and different ways to get in front of their target audience. And they've clearly identified that millennial women are interested in uh, film that's supported by female filmmakers and also um, star women of great diversity. So one of the first films that they are going to be distributing is called Assassination Nation. And it's it's kind of described as a modern spin on the Salem witch trials. And also another film called Little Woods, which is about the struggles of middle America and young women fighting to overcome them. So Assassination Nation will be released September 21st. And Little Woods has already been awarded the 2018 Tribeca Film Festival Nora Ephron Awards. So uh, keep your eye on Refinery29 and kind of see how this works for them. I think it's, it's very, very cool. Well, our first profile today is the Alpha Mom. This is a Gen Y target. So again, another group of millennials. Uh, 1.6 million of them, college grads, married, working full-time, of course, their parents. That's why they're alpha moms, and they're making more than $120,000 a year. They keep up with fashion. In fact, fashion magazine still is kind of how they determine the clothes that they buy. They do buy seasonally. They like to make a unique statement with their fashion choices, and they are considered by friends to be influential trendsetters. They're confident, embrace their individualism, uh, but they're also ambitious and motivated, uh, very focused on their career, and they really are trying to juggle a variety of tasks throughout their life. Um, They're focused on how they spend their time, which they really value more than even money. Uh, They're looking for experiences. Um, They're looking to experiment and try new things, and they're willing to switch things up for just the novelty of it. Um, But however, quality is very, very key to these uh, women as well. And they're willing to pay more for extra quality goods. 
Um, so where where are they shopping? Neiman Marcus, Ikea, William, William Sonoma, Nordstrom are all hot for them. They're driving Volvo, BMW. Um, and, you know, when it comes to designers, Prada, Chanel um, are also big. So what are they reading? What are they watching? Uh, InStyle, Vogue um, is also a big, again, they're getting a lot of their fashion advice from publications. They're getting their news from CNN. They're watching E! and Bravo and HGTV like the rest of the world. Uh, well, my guest today is uh, a woman of note. Um, Neely Taminga is the CEO and Chief Whiteboard Artist of Distill Advisory. Um, she spent 20 years on Wall Street as an analyst, and then she had an aha moment. She's going to tell us about that aha moment, and that really created a change for her. She then became an entrepreneur, and she brought a lot of the same skills and insights from her previous job to her entrepreneurial job. Um, I think what you're going to learn from Neely today is how you can prepare to make that transition into an entrepreneurial role, and then some of the things that you need to do to prepare yourself for success, and then how do you carve out a job, a, a career in an industry that never existed before. In fact, you're the pioneer of that industry. Very, very exciting. I think you're going to enjoy meeting Neely, and I want you to stick around because Neely Taminga is going to join me right after this break. Her Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. Catholic Charities is committed to providing life's basic needs. We thank you for bringing us all here today, letting these people understand how Catholic Charities runs and how important these people are. And we ask you to guide them, to protect them, and keep them here forever because this community needs them. Visit www.catholiccharitiesusa.org to learn more. Content Marketing World 2018 comes to Cleveland, Ohio, September 4th through the 7th. Learn more at contentmarketingworld.com. Content Marketing World 2018 is the one event where you will learn and network with the best and brightest in the content marketing industry. Content Marketing World will have over 120 sessions and workshops presented by the leading brand marketers and experts from around the world covering strategy, storytelling, ROI, demand generation, AI, and more. Leave Cleveland with all the materials you need to build a content marketing plan that will grow your business and inspire your audience. Save $100 off of registration using promo code radio 100 that's radio and the number 100 don't miss content marketing world 2018 in cleveland ohio september 4th through the 7th register now at contentmarketingworld.com the web marketing association is now accepting entries for its seventh annual international mobile web award competition this award program is an opportunity for mobile developers to demonstrate their expertise in this growing medium. It recognizes the individual and team achievements of web professionals all over the world who create and maintain outstanding responsive and mobile websites and mobile applications. Deadline for entry is September 28, 2018. Submit your entry today at www.mobile-webaward.org. That's mobile-webaward.org. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Rutan. 
Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Neely Taminga. She's the CEO and Chief Whiteboard Artist of Distill. And during her 20-year career on Wall Street, Neely would routinely apply seemingly imperfect and disparate data to help ground conversations about consumer behavior to money managers and institutional investors. Well, yep, Neely's considered a consumer behavior expert as a result with those insights. And um, that actually applies to all demographics and across all key areas of discretionary spending. Um, Key career awards include top sales site analyst in the Wall Street Journal Best of the Street Analyst Awards and many, many other things. And I'm just thrilled to have Neely on because we're going to have an engaging conversation today about launching your own business in a space that never existed before. Neely, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. I'm thrilled to have you, and congratulations on your new company. Um, I know when you and I met, I was so impressed with the fact that you are creating a brand new category with Distill Advisory. So how do you explain your business to a potential client who not only hasn't heard of Distill, but maybe have not even heard of what you're offering? Oh, you bet. So, you know, we're consumer experts. We consider ourselves consumer experts. We're students of the consumer space. But it's really using that expertise to help CEOs and boards come together and think about growth, um, you know, and paths of growth, usually unconsidered paths of growth. Our primary focus is on consumer-based businesses, as implied by consumer expertise. But, um, you know, that really has translated in our business already from media to retail to even products companies and beauty companies. So that's that's how we describe our business. Um, I think, though, what's really been fun is not just, you know, there's a lot of people who make a hamburger, right? I mean, a lot of people can say that. A lot of people can say that they help CEOs and boards think about growth. Um, It's how you do what you do. And when we reflect on what makes us different, it's really rooted in our background as Wall Street analysts, as you mentioned, you know, for 20 plus years, there were three things that really came to light um, in our expertise and, and, and now how we help CEOs. The first is we developed, you know, this knowledge base and a discipline and really marrying this economic reality with demographic tendencies, because only when you combine the two, do you understand the why behind consumer behavior. And I think that that's been really critical in our success early on. Secondly, you know, we developed really close relationships with CEOs and board directors. And so we understand firsthand what that hot spotlight of Wall Street is. We ourselves have been in it, and we also know how they are in it. So I think that's created quite a bit of empathy um, for the positions that they often find themselves in. And then, you know, lastly, the investor's lens is so critical. You know, it's not just about coming up with the next great idea. It's understanding how to take that great idea and make sure that there's returns to shareholders. So Mm -hmm. it's really those three things that explain how we do what we do um, and not just what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, impo- it's it's so critical to have both pieces, right? And to be able to crisply be able to communicate that for a quick get, because I feel like business is just at a rate of 150 miles an hour, I feel like. And you came out of a really hot, fast-moving career being a Wall Street analyst. Um, so I am only imagining you, Neely, sitting there in your office how, how did this idea come to you? Well, like all good things, it came over a bowl of chips and guacamole, right? <laughs> and so, hopefully a know. beer in there too. Maybe a beer, <laughs> a glass of wine. 
Um, true story. I was having um, a, a bowl of chips and guacamole with a good friend of mine who's a restaurant CEO, and uh, she serves as a lead independent director for a retailer's board. And as we were dialoguing about some of the publicly available information about the rise of a, of a competitor um, to the company going public, I had asked her specific, specifically about that company and the competitor and how the board was thinking about that competitor and now that all the financials were known, you know, in the public domain. And she looked at me with just true vulnerability, which I respect her so highly for. And she, she had no idea who this competitor was. Mm-hmm. And here she is the lead independent director of this board. It's not because she's incompetent. It's because she's really time starved and she relies on the company's board to give her the information that she needs about what's going on. It was that moment that I realized that there's an opportunity for a company like what we are now doing with Distill to come in and be that independent piece to give um, some perspective, some grounded industry competitive landscape perspective as to what really is ahead for um, you know companies in terms of their challenges as well as their opportunities. Well, and I, I hope she's a client today because it sounds like she definitely could use your service. A very good friend. Yes, a very uh, okay. good friend. Fabulous. Well, and nothing like starting a business over chips and guac. I'm all for that. Um, but once you have the idea, then there's the hard work of actually launching it into the world. So here you were, Wall Street analyst, and now suddenly, or maybe not so suddenly, it may have been transitional, you are a startup entrepreneur. Talk about that transition because I think a lot of people listening today that's kind of their dream right to quit the job quit the hamster treadmill and go pursue a great idea so I think they it would they would be so grateful to talk about the realities of that transition yeah you bet so you know I think when we think about our transition um you know it it seems so sudden, I think, to some, but really when you look in hindsight, it was probably coming on slowly for about four years of the 20 years. And I think it's important as we've dialogued with people who are also, um, you know, thoughtfully thinking about pivots and transitions, we have them acknowledge and, and, and see like where there's both pushes as well as pulls, because I think every transition that I've studied so far on this side of ours, um, it really is, it's a, it's a combination of both. It's both pushes and pulls. And for us, the push was really that, um, you know, Wall Street is a great, it's a, it's a great career. And I have nothing but gratitude for the 20 years that I spent on Wall Street and all the opportunities that were afforded to me. But, you know, there, there are some things and forces at play that were concerning us around Wall Street payouts and um, our overall compensation. However, greedy as that might sound, you know, it's a brutal job. And so you do expect to get paid for um, kind of the brutality of what it is. So you're on the road for 40 to 45 weeks out of the year, you publish 100 plus reports, which are, you know, scrutinized by the SEC, in addition to clients, you know, so you better be really, really right. Uh, You're constantly under the microscope of stock picking. I mean, I was threatened on Facebook once, you know, for one of my Uh. stock rating changes. I mean, it's a it's a public life. And uh, if I'm going to get paid less for that every day, you know, I think you got to start thinking maybe differently about how you spend your time. The uh, pull yeah. was really around seeing an opportunity to start an industry that doesn't yet exist um, and, and realizing that I have a solid 20, 30 working years still ahead of us. So, um, you know, that was really the pull. But it's both. It's pushes and pulls. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, you know, as you 
made that leap, as you made that transition, and looking back now, right? Like you didn't know what you didn't know. There's that's just kind of the deal. You have to survive it and kind of learn as you go. No matter how many people you talk to who's made that similar change, it's still unique to you. So as you look back and as you think about people listening today, what advice would you give them before they actually make that jump? Three things. This is three things, and I've had a lot of time to kind of think through this because, again, we, get, we do get asked. The moment you're – and you'll find this for anyone who's listening to this podcast, when you make that transition – you're going to have, you know, 30 people come out of the woodwork asking you how, how you did that, which is great. This is how we, we reach back and give more, right? But um, it's really three things. One, before you jump, you know, make, make sure your network is uh, dusted off. And I think spending um, uh, time and just re-engaging with people and asking them as many questions as you can about what it is you're jumping to, I think is really critical. You know, when we, practically speaking, we, we spent quite a bit of time asking questions around pain points and the board process, as well as, um, you know, uh, revenue, kind of where, where, how is director education paid for? And we were able to ask those questions, you know, strategically and figured out what our untapped revenue um, pool was going to be, how, wh- what revenue stream we needed to go tap into specifically. So that was really helpful for our business. I think secondly, you know, prepare your family. I, I, I think I did this well enough. We'll see, right? But prepare your family that things are going to change and talk about the benefits as well as, you know, some of the changes. Um, and then lastly, it's really preparing your finances. Uh, you know, for the last four years I worked on Wall Street, I saved incrementally more each month than I had. Um, I pulled more money out of my paycheck and just put it straight into savings so that I was never getting used to that Wall Street life those last four years. We just kept on saving <laughs> more and more and more. So, you know, prepare your finances. Realize it's a process. If you have the, if you have the time and space to plan, and prepare for the transition, the more you can save, the better it'll be on the other side. Yeah, less stressful for sure. If you've got a little bit of cushion to fall back on, right? Assuming that it may take a while for the business to take off. And I do want to ask you that. I mean, you're 18 months in. Do you feel like it at what, how did that six month, 12 month, now 18 months, those kind of milestones feel for you? Um, scary, I think, you know, if we're just being really honest about it, right? Of course, it was scary. How how is it not? But at the same time, exhilarating because um, the best way is I can equate it because you're just doing the same thing pretty much for 20 years. You do something totally different. It's like getting four iOS upgrades all on the same day. You didn't even realize you had functionality, right, that you now have. So um, it's it's a good exercise, even though it's a little scary. The first six months we spent, we just listened and learned. We asked more questions of our network that we weren't able to ask while we were still employed, right? So we got into some more of the the deep – uh, deeper questions around what the true pain points were in the boardroom that we can create a service that best met those needs. We listened. We listened. We worked on our brand. Um, we listened. We spent a lot of money on lawyers to making sure we did everything super, you know, clear, legal, and setting up great business entities. But um, the, 
And then, then we launched the product and that was June of 2017. And for three straight months, we had great conversations and no one was converting, right? So we're freaking out because this whole time we're thinking, please, you know, you all think it's a great idea. You return our calls in 24 hours, like someone convert. And uh, we're grateful that we had three um, retainer agreements come in uh, within pretty much three weeks time come September, October. Uh, so it was our lesson learned was everyone's on vacation and budget seasons in September. So that's usually when the sales cycle can probably convert. <laughs> but it was a little <laughs> scary living through it. <laughs> but you were confident. You had confidence that this was a great idea. This was a great business model. It just needed some time, right? Just a little of, bit of time. We got there. Time. Yeah. And you're there now. So congratulations. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, though, I want to talk about the other person involved in this business, your partner. And I think you might agree with me that she is part of the secret of the success that you are having for sure. So everybody stick around. I will be back with Neely in just a moment. Her strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for its 7th Annual International Mobile Web Award Competition. This award program is an opportunity for mobile developers to demonstrate their expertise in this growing medium. It recognizes the individual and team achievements of web professionals all over the world who create and maintain outstanding responsive and mobile websites and mobile applications. Deadline for entry is September 28, 2018. Submit your entry today at www.mobile-webaward.org. That's mobile-webaward.org. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan. Welcome back. I've been chatting today with Neely Taminga. She's the CEO and chief whiteboard artist of Distill. She spent 20 years on Wall Street before launching her brand new business 18 months ago into a category that never existed before, ever ever until she had the bright idea over chips and guac uh, talking to a friend about kind of some of the challenges her friend was having. Um, so 18 months ago, she and her partner struck out to create Distill. And we're talking about that journey today because I think there's a lot of key learnings uh, from Neely and her partner. Um, so that's just it, right? You have a partner. Now, 
I think a lot of people say, oh my gosh, be careful about a partnership. It's so scary. The chances of that ever succeeding are slim to none. But I think you might disagree with that. I, I, I do disagree with that, you know, and um, if Kayla, my, my business partner, co-founder Kayla Wester, if she were on the phone, she would also disagree. <laughs> um, it's more fun to um, start a company it, it, with, a, with a partner than it is um, to do it by yourself for a lot of reasons. Um, but, you know, I agree. You got to know who you're getting into that partnership with, right? I mean, that, that, is, that is critical. Much like marriage or any other relationship, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot at risk and a lot at stake. So it's important to know. Yeah, for sure. So tell us about her. Like, why was she the, just the right person for you to get into business with? You know, she's truly one of the biggest blessings that has ever happened to me in my professional career. Um, in, in that she was first a long time ago, she was first my intern and she was a very persistent um, and very good intern. And I, I'll never forget the depths of the recession, right? Coming out of the recession and, um, you know, she, she's a millennial, right? So she's, uh, there's a lot of them, right? There's a lot of millennials trying to look for jobs right after college. And I'll never forget. She came to me after her internship and she said, you know, Hey, I, I, I want a job and with you and I want to work full time. And I said, okay, well go get, um, you just go interview other places and get some job offers and, you know, go, make sure this is what you want because we're going to have a dark day together and I want to make sure you know that it wasn't easy, right, that you had a choice in the matter. So I'm thinking I bought myself time. This is November, right? I'm thinking I'm buying myself time till May or something like that before the budget opens up again and I can hire someone. She comes back three weeks later with three offers. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, so I quickly scrambled, made sure that we had um, money for her and we hired her. It was the best decision I ever made um, professionally. And uh, we worked together at our former firm for six years. So I think that's what's key is she's not a stranger. I'm not a stranger. We know each other on our best days. We know each other on our worst days. You know what you're getting, you know, yeah. when you're yeah. going to that partnership. Yeah, you know the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? And if you can yeah. live with the ugly, you know you can live with the ugly, the chances are, right, that that you can come to some agreement eventually, even in some of the worst challenges. And I, I would argue, having done a partnership previously myself, that I think that first year is a true test of a partnership. You know, you're feeling it out, you're trying to figure it out, and you may butt heads with where directionally you want to take the business. So you've survived that. So congratulations on that. Um, we did. We did. We did. I think there's something interesting to add to that, though. I, I think this is what's critical. And this is super controversial. So what I'm about to say, I think, is pretty controversial. You know, I've got 20 years of experience in Wall Street. She's got six, right? We went into our venture with a 50-50% equity partnership. And I think that is... Well, there were people in my close circle who said, why are you doing that? You know, you're the one who's bringing the business development relationships and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like you're the one with the experience, the brand, you know, on and on. And I met them with that and I said, but I will never see a dollar unless I have her 100% all in. And if she's 49%, she's not 100%. She's 50%, she's 100%. And in hindsight, that was one of the best decisions we ever made, especially when you think about three months of last summer, not converting one client, right? And then <laughs> through those dark days, that's when, that's when the 50% partnership pays off. So, right. um, you know, I, I think that's an important point and a definitely a key differentiator in our partnership. It truly is a partner of equals. 
Yeah, I mean, the fact is she knew she was in it for the long haul. You knew she was in it for mm-hmm. the long haul. It wasn't a matter of, uh, what have you done for me lately? Um, you you knew that together you'd probably be stronger than if you were singularly in the business. So You got it. Um, yeah. So the other thing that you've talked about with me is this generational diversity. You're a Gen Xer. She's a millennial. You feel like those are differences that are actually advantages. I'm curious to hear why you think so. And then also, though, if they also provide any pitfalls. You know, the advantages are both, um, and and I'm a big proponent of generational diversity. Um, I'm a big proponent of that. And I'm a big proponent of really celebrating millennials for um, the things that they're actually quite good at that I think get overlooked by some myths that exist about that generation. But, you know, the first is internally. So a lot of what we do is around consumer behavior. Well, you know, millennials are, you know, 70 million strong, right, (laughs) in terms of their (laughs) consumer presence. If we don't have that represented on our team, how in the world are we going to understand how to explain that, you know, to a boardroom? So we bring that credibility by having the internal conversations, but then also externally, that's that's part of our um, diversity of experiences and insights. And in terms of, uh, you know, pitfalls, you know, I don't really see too many. In fact, you know, as I was really reflecting on our um, time together and speaking through kind of the generational diversity. In fact, I think I've learned actually more um, from her about leading more of a balanced life. And that balanced life has actually led to more creativity. And it's that creativity is why we get hired. So um, I've really embraced that diversity of experiences and, and the way that she kind of approaches the world. And they're frugal. Millennials are known to be very frugal. And that's exactly who you want in a CFO, a frugal <laughs> CFO. We were profitable our first year because of my frugal millennial CFO. I love it. Guarantee I love it. it. Yeah, well, and that's true. And I would say kudos to her for that um, kind of staying true to who she are, she is generationally with that balanced life. I would imagine as a Wall Street analyst, she probably didn't have a lot of balance. And so <laughs> right. I know as a, as a fellow Gen Xer, we don't we never have been balanced. So good. I hope it means a, a more uh, fruitful life for you in general, and especially as you grow a business, because it's so easy to just work all the time, right? So mm-hmm. um, congratulations yeah. on on that smart move there with the partner. Um, so as we talked about, you talked about your six, 12, 18 months. If you were to look out and look at maybe your first 24 months, maybe your first three years in business, maybe your first five years in business, have you set goals or, or do you have kind of a vision of where the company might go? We do. We do. And, you know, similar to how we would advise any company, it's about growth and measured growth, right? And not just growth for growth's sake, very intentional growth. And so we, um, we're looking to double our uh, retain, long-term retainer agreement. So we've done nine financial engagements in the last, uh, call it, 10 months, of which three are on long-term retainer agreements. And those relationships are going very well. And so we feel really good about that direction of that. We definitely have room in the dance card, as it were, to add more of our long-term retainer agreements. So we're looking to add about three more um, clients this fall during the budget season. 
And, uh, you know, out of about 12 active prospects that we've been working on. So if you think about that ratio, right, you know, 12 solid relationships and finding from those 12 down to three that you've been nurturing. So that's, that's what we're looking to do in the next, call it 12 months. We do have um, a longer range vision for really delivering a board advisory product that is a combination of both software and services. Um, in the next five years. I mean, it probably will happen sooner than that uh, in some form or, or fashion, but really coming together with a um, repeatable, scalable product of software and services on board advisory content, that's, that's where the long-range goal of the company is. Yeah, well, good luck and congratulations. That's a lot of a lot of hard work to get where you are today. You have to feel pretty good about it. And hopefully celebrate where you are today. Hopefully there's a lot of celebration. Lots of celebration <laughs> and I got to tell you, lots of laughter. So ah, it's been it's nice. been a, it's been a great ride these first 18 months and really grateful um for every minute of it. Really true. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on today to share your story and to talk about launching um, your business into a category that didn't exist and kind of how that's worked for you. The things that have been, you know, key to your success so far, I think a lot of people can take away some some great tips from there. And I want to encourage everyone to go check you out. You're at distilladvisory.com. That's the website where you can read more about what they offer and and then also keep an eye out of what's to come. Neely kind of foreshadowed some of that. Um, any other way that would be a good way for them to get in touch with you, Neely? Oh, yeah, we love to hear from people. Um, LinkedIn, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So if you reach out to Neely Taminga, uh, the last name T-A-M-M-I-N-G-A, just reach out to me and um, I'm usually pretty responsive there as well as email, you know, very responsive on email, neely at distilladvisory.com. Would love to hear from you and see if there's any ways that we can help. Fantastic. Neely, thanks for being on the program today. Thank you. And thanks to my producer, Ricky, for another great show. And join me right here next week for another edition of First String, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.